five, four, three, two, one. How long did it take for the guy to come? <laughs> Hello and welcome to Gabagool and Bros. It's the only leftist Sopranos podcast. I've seen The Sopranos a bunch of times. My co-hosts, Rachel and Ben, have never seen it before. And we go week by week and talk about each episode of The Sopranos. This week we are talking about Season 1, Episode 5, College. Maybe one of the greatest episodes of the show. I'm excited to talk about it. Folks, let's introduce ourselves. I'm John. I'm Rachel. I'm Ben. And this is Gobble and Roses. We're still working on the intro. I'm still working on doing it not so awkwardly, but we got there. We counted. That was the best counting. That was, thank you, Ben. That was the best count-in we've ever done. That was really good. I'm pretty that excited about we, it. We managed to count in at the same time for once. Uh-huh. So that was great. Yep, yep. So, initial thoughts on college. Rachel? I loved this episode. It was my favorite so far. It's so good. Ben? There's a lot going on. There's a lot. lot, There's a lot going on on a relatively focused episode. Mm -hmm. Yes. So, so that's one of the things I'll talk about first is we've been going with like a million storylines every episode so far, and things have been building and building and building. Finally, at the last episode... We got the resolution of who's going to, our succession-like question of who's going to lead the family, and it's going to be Uncle Junior. And so this episode, we hit the brakes, we slow everything down, we're going to take a long look. We don't have any sort of other mobsters in this episode except for Chris. Um, It's really about the family, the real family. And uh, so let's get into it. You guys ready? Yes. Oh, yeah. All right. So the episode is called College because it's about Tony taking Meadow to visit colleges up in Maine. Uh, uh, Something that I completely forgot having to do uh, to visit colleges. Do you guys remember your college visits? I went on one college visit, and it's where I went to school. Okay. I, I remember visiting colleges, but I don't remember interviewing at colleges probably because i'm a huge dumbass and didn't and didn't get selected i didn't do crank before my fucking sat so uh (laughs) right right. you weren't a choir all-star a cranked Mm -hmm. up choir all-star either no no so just i remember i had one i i went i visited center college in danville kentucky and i had an interview there but otherwise i looked at University of Kentucky and University of Tennessee and ended up at UK, but anyway. Shout out to UK. Shouts out to my Wildcats. Shout okay. out to Virginia Tech. Shout out to Temple? Yeah, Temple, Temple. University, baby. The alma mater of one Dr. Billiam Cosby. Okay, so first of all, honorary. Uh, <laughs> or no, maybe he had an yeah, the doctor was honorary. I prefer to tell uh, the the notable alumni uh, 
Tim Heidecker and uh, oh shit yeah Tim, Tim and Eric, Eric. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that yep yeah and so they probably didn't rape anybody but I certainly hope not <laughs> what they did do is <laughs> arson no they they made it so that now every uh every schmuck in the uh film program who has uh thinks that they're funny uh thinks that they're the next Tim and fucking Eric oh, and I, I yeah a little Rachel tidbit I was the vice president of the Temple Film Collective uh why I don't know I was a history major I didn't know that. uh yes and I produced some student films and I grew to loathe media majors because they were all a bunch of white stoners who thought they were the funniest fucking guys that have ever existed and they made these stupid ass short films and didn't credit me how dare you cancel so they're canceled Mm. scott and taylor you're canceled scott and taylor are totally fucking canceled uh and uh tim and eric say you're canceled too yeah they're right here with me and they say yeah hold on what's that yeah fuck you you're canceled. That's what they said. And so. they said that Rachel is funnier than they could ever hope to be. That's definitely so, true. I don't so know. similarly, um, uh, Danny uh, whatever went to Aiello. <laughs> no, Danny Aiello <laughs> did not go to UNC uh, School of the Arts. But Dan- Danny not- McBride. Danny McBride. Uh-huh. Did. I wanted to say Danny Trejo, which is definitely <laughs> not right. Yeah, Danny McBride and Jody Hill. Actually, I. We'll get into it, but there there is a little moment in this episode that reminds me of uh, something from the Righteous Gemstones, which is one of their that's their latest project. And it's so good, okay. and you should watch it and watch The Sopranos. The cat. Sh- shout out to our producer Shinka, who is inexorably tangled herself in Rachel's microphone cord. Okay, here we go on the pod. We're having problems. All right. Well, we didn't we didn't shout out Shinka on the last episode, and I think that she's coming back to get hers. She got so. some good. You you probably didn't hear it, but I got her mic'd a couple times. She, so. Yeah, okay. she's definitely mic'd, but I, I don't think we shouted her out. That so. must have been from when I like walked away while we were recording. probably yeah. <laughs> so okay, shouts out Shinka. All right, cool. All so, right, let's get into this fucking awesome episode. Yeah, so Carmela has the flu. So Tony has to take Meadow on her college visits, um, which I like that the show made sure to put that in there because otherwise you don't believe that Tony would have taken Meadow on her college visits. So they're up in Maine, and while they're up in Maine, Tony sees a guy who looks kind of familiar. He looks like somebody who named Fabian Febby Petrullio, who ratted out... A bunch of guys in Tony's crew and and in the the Jersey family. And so Tony is trying to figure out whether this is really uh, Febby or if this is or if a case of mistaken identity. So Tony impressed me in this episode. He's a lot sneakier than I would have given him credit for. Definitely. A a big lumbering oaf. Yeah. Yeah. So the episode starts in a picking up on a theme from the or not a theme but a, a point from the last episode which was the children of the sopranos reckoning with the fact that their father is a uh, you know is in the mafia and so meadow uh, asks tony point blank are you are you in the mafia it's a great scene mm-hmm. they're driving in the car meadow can't find anything on the radio and so she she flips it off and then she goes just out of nowhere are you in the mafia? 
And Tony's like, what? No. Uh, it's a stereotype and it's offensive. Yeah. Um, just because you're in waste management, you're not, everyone thinks you're mobbed up. Uh, and then he thinks on it. He takes a minute or two, beat or two, and then he finally comes clean. Look, some of my revenue comes from illegal gambling and those kinds of things. Yeah, he's very coy about what exactly it is that he does. Right. He's not lying. He's not. It's it's Tony's favorite lie, which is a lie of omission. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, then he does the Dr. Melfi and asks her, how does that make you feel? And she's like, I kind of already knew. I was 90% sure already. One... One thing that Meadow says in this conversation is that um, <laughs> she wishes that uh, she had a dad. So she like mentions a friend of hers whose dad is an ad exec for Big Tobacco. And she's like, as though that is like preferable to having a dad in the mob. And I'm like, why is that your standard, Meadow? Why yeah, is it, it seems like she's surrounded by evil dads. Yeah. <laughs> well, she is in the school district, the good school district, right? Right. And right. if you're Definitely. in the good school district, you're surrounded by just psychos and pedophiles and monsters. Yeah, yeah and she goes to a fancy private school, too, like a parochial yeah. school. So. She's like, my friend's dad is Don Draper. I wish you were Don <laughs> Draper. He's cool. He's a good guy. I wish my dad was Don Draper. Mine. My daddy was... Okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> Commit to the bit. John Hamm, come on the pod. Ooh, baby. John Hamm. Uh, the total package and a big ol' package. Ooh. Sweet hog, John Hamm. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, John Hamm is on this episode. So then Meadow is t- taken aback somewhat with Tony's honesty. Um, she makes her own confession to Tony. What? Yeah. Which is, some friends and I were doing crystal meth for a while, and it got real scary, and I stopped. And of course, Tony freaks the fuck out, which he should. I don't even think, I don't think he reacted strongly enough. Yeah? I would have flipped a goddamn table. (laughs) He says I should smack the shit out of you. Yeah, also, why did she tell him that? I will never understand that. No, there's, your parents don't need to know about your drug use. I'm just going to say that as a blanket. but sort of we thing. want to know about your crystal meth use. And so if you've ever used crystal meth and then not used it anymore, DM John at John. Uh, uh, please don't. I don't want your sad stories. All right. So we're at dinner. We're ha- we're talking about, we're being honest with each other for once, you know. Yeah. Uh, Tony makes his money doing illegal gambling and that sort of thing. And our pal uh, Meadow makes... Uh, her good grades doing crystal meth, which, which again is really frustrating because like I did not do crystal meth and I did not, and I didn't go to a good college. So, uh, this is bullshit. I should have done crystal meth. (laughs) Yeah. I think that's what we all learn from this episode is we should have all been doing crystal meth the whole time. Then we could have gotten into one of these fancy interview colleges. (laughs) Yep. So anyway, we're, we're at this restaurant outside of the Colby College, I believe. Is that a real college? It is. Okay, yeah. Okay, they go to Colby College, which is in Waterville, Maine. A small liberal arts college. Right. Consistently ranked among the top colleges and universities in the nation. Well, I've never heard of you, Colby College. They're trying to get Meadow... They say... Carmela says this to Tony. They're trying to keep 
Meadow from going to Berkeley. They want her to stay on the East Coast somewhere close by. So they're taking her to like Colby. They're taking her to Bowdoin. All the like hippie schools to try to sway her to stay nearby. Definitely. So while they're at the um, restaurant, they're eating a fancy restaurant. Tony's like, because he's very proud of Meadow um, and says so. And and then they run into a couple of co-eds from nearby Colby College. And they're going to let Meadow go party with them. And so this gives Tony time to go track down Febby and see if he's he's actually Febby. So he calls Christopher. Oh my God, this was good. Poor Christopher. He just really gets dicked around this episode. He's totally, he ends up being completely unnecessary. (laughs) Yes, definitely. So Tony calls him first to say, uh, I'm, uh, I think I've got him. I'm going to deal with him. Uh, Chris offers to do it himself. He's like, I've got a plane. I'll come do it. He wants to do it because he thinks that this will be his way to becoming a made man. Right. He's going to get his button finally. He's a cunt hair away. (laughs) Oh, great expression. Uh, from becoming a made man, and, and this would put him over the edge. So, but Tony says no; that, it's it's personal. Is that a real saying? Has oh, I've heard it before. Heard? Okay, a cunt Where? hair away. Yeah, a frog's cunt hair away from something something. If you want to get real explicit with it. Oh my god. This is some like country talk a little bit, but I can also see it being like a Jersey thing. Okay. But yeah, All I've right. definitely heard rednecks, for example, talk about. I'm about about a cut hair away from getting that new truck over there. Jesus. So. Shout out to the new redneck truck. Shout out to the new redneck truck. Join uh, Redneck Revolt. Redneck Revolt doesn't exist anymore. Redneck Revolt doesn't exist anymore. (laughs) I'm learning this live on the pod. Uh, Join the SRA. Yeah, there you go. So, so Meadow's going to go party with the co-eds. Tony's going to go see if this is Febby. And he's calling Christopher. Christopher, okay, I'm recapping where we are now in the story. Uh, Christopher has to go out in the pouring rain to talk to, to Tony from an outside line. Um, and uh, later in the episode, Tony calls again to say, it's definitely Febby. Um, I'm going to take care of it. You don't worry about it. Um, Christopher kind of, he, he kind of uh, steps to Tony a little bit in there. I guess he's being a bratty sub again. <laughs> he's like, Antonio, I'm your soldier. This is what I do. Please, Let me do daddy. this for you. Please, daddy. Let me. <laughs> Let me kill this me kill rat. This so um, then while Meadow is out partying with the co-eds, Tony goes to track down to the, he finds the guy's, Travel agency, again, oh aging this show, something that yeah. doesn't exist anymore. By the way, partying in this case is just they're at an Irish pub, the same <laughs> pub where the restaurant they were eating at is. It's not really partying. It's just, it's a very weird situation. It's, I guess, how you party in Maine. I, yeah. Having that not makes spent sense. any time in Maine myself, I can't imagine it's bapping all the time. Yeah. Didn't What's-Her-Face say it's the most expensive form of contraception? Yes, oh, yeah. Meadow Tony does say does that to Tony. Like that. Tony does not appreciate all these girls they put out easy. <laughs> and all these other schools. Yeah, Tony wants to send her to a nunnery, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, Tony goes to the guy's... Um, travel agency. Travel agency and sees the wood carving <laughs> that he made of Ronald Reagan. No, at and first is- it was Frank Sinatra. 
Frank Sinatra was the one that he made that Christopher knew about. Oh, there's another one. Yeah. It was a gift to Polly or somebody. Okay. That that Febby had given. He he learned how to carve wood in prison. (laughs) And he carved a wooden bust of Frank Sinatra. And he gave it to one of the other mobsters. And Christopher thinks that it looks like Shaquille O'Neal because of the lips, which is kind of... But, uh, so Tony, when he looks in the travel agency, he sees a wood bust of, it's supposed to be Ronald Reagan, but the camera (laughs) zooms in on the lips and the lips are all fucked up. So now he knows that that this is Febby, uh, and he's going to kill the shit out of him. So he goes back to get Meadow. Meadow is shmammered. Sloshed. She is sloppy drunk. She is white girl wasted. You, you're, you're skipping a part. First, Tony... He doesn't go to the travel agency. He goes to the house. Oh, yeah. That's and right. Febby is splish splashing around with his hot date. Uh, and then his, his hound dog. his wife. Starts. So he can call her hot date. Whatever. He can He's have splashing little... around with his hot wife. Yeah. Let him be a wife guy. It's okay. <laughs> so, uh, so he gets out of the tub uh, after his hound dog starts barking or whatever. And off strolls a Lincoln into the distance and and then uh, they start doing their spy versus spy bullshit where they just roll around the you know all the businesses late at night uh, you know Febby rolls up to uh, his shop and wants to know if anybody's looking for him he goes to a bar wants to know if anybody's looking for him really just some like 1950s bullshit you know like <laughs> it's real film noir shit for real yep Tony is bringing Meadow drunk into the hotel. Febby is like off in the bushes and sees what's happening. Um, and uh, he has a gun. It's un- like you think maybe he's going to try to kill Tony at this point, but he doesn't. He leaves. Tony puts Meadow to bed. And then Tony goes to get Febby. Hold on. Okay. I'm misremembering this episode. I'm sorry. No, no, no. You're, you're, you're doing it right. There's just a... a- scene that I recall or a shot of of Febby flipping over a clipboard and seeing a bunch of names. Yes, uh-huh. it's the it's the roster of, of names in the hotel that's on the, the uh, housekeeper's cart outside of the motel. Oh, it's a real okay, shitty motel yeah. that they stay in. Yeah. Um, yeah, all right. And yeah, the housekeeper, it's, it's one of those, it's a legit motel. Um, and the housekeeper... Um, has a card of who's in whose room, and he sees A Soprano and M Soprano uh, mm-hmm. on the on the list of of names. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So now he knows, uh, but he leaves anyway. He decides he's not going to do anything because he sees Tony just helping his drunk daughter into the motel room. I'm not ready to get off this point. Okay. Because it, it is stuck in my head. So he spots Febby, or what he suspects to be Febby. Before he has checked into this motel. Right. And he is confident that Febby saw him, right? And uh, then... I don't know how confident he is, but go ahead. Well, he he sees the guy, like, fueling up his car and then, like, promptly puts everything away and drives off in a rush, yeah. right? Sure. Okay, so that's what I took away from it. So gotcha. the point is, you know... This whole chase ensues, and then they get to the motel, and you're still going to be like, oh, yeah, Tony Soprano. Uh, we're here in middle of fucking nowhere, Maine. Uh, whatever. I don't know. 
My whole you have mind. to finish the yeah, thought. Come on. Like, like the whole thought was like, why would you, why would you check into this motel under your name if you assume that your mortal enemy is lurking around and put your name on it? Why not I, be? That's a fair you know, point. I don't Whatever. think I don't think that he was that I don't think that he was concerned that this guy was lurking around and I think also and rightfully so he has the confidence he knows that he's got the upper hand and he does. Yeah, I think Tony thinks that he has the drop on him. I don't think that Tony thinks that Febby sees him at the gas station. Mm, okay. Not to just be like fuck you Ben, but I think I'm going to give the show the benefit of the doubt because I think otherwise you're right uh, and it's not necessarily the smartest move. But then again, Tony's not the smartest man. Yeah. So True. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. I'm supposed to assume he's an idiot. Right. All right. So, so shout, out to, shout out to Febby for not murking Tony in front of his daughter. Right. So then it's the next day, actually. Tony takes Meadow to one of the schools to go look around and have her visit. Um, and he tells her that he left his watch at the motel, so he's got to go back. Um, so really, he goes to the travel agency, um, which is really not much more than a trailer yeah. out in the middle of nowhere, Maine. Um, and this scene is great, the scene where he goes mm-hmm. to the trailer. Mm-hmm. And uh, we don't see Tony. It's it's shown from Febby's point of view. Um, he hears... Uh, well, first we see Febby trying to... Was this the scene or this was an earlier scene? No, where he yeah, tries to get the heroin yes. addicts to kill Tony. Right. Um, because we know that he was locked up for trading in heroin, so we can assume that he's still doing that um, even after he's... Um, it, it, he's probably not in the witness protection program anymore, um, but he clearly has a new identity. But I don't know. I don't know how much of that we're supposed to read into. Yeah, and so he... he... Oh my gosh. <laughs> Rachel has to mic up Shinka again because she's being loud. Um, so so, what's his name tries to Febby tries to get these heroin addicts to go murder Tony, um, and it's pretty clear that they are not the right people to do the job. Um, yeah. and as oh, no way, yeah. As soon <laughs> as they leave, uh, he goes outside and he's paranoid. He's looking around. He hears some rustling. He sees a deer. And a doe. A doe. A baby deer. A baby deer. It's very cute. It is very cute. And then, boom, Tony sneaks up and attacks Grots from behind. him. Yeah, has a wire wrapped around his head, uh, or wrapped around his hands, and he's choking him from behind. And then he says, good morning, rat. <laughs> and he's like, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? I don't know. And then he tells Tony... I could have killed you last night. I was there. I saw you. Your daughter was drunk. But I said, it's just a coincidence. He's just taking his daughter to see colleges. And, well, Febby, you were wrong, bud. You were wrong. So Febby gets it. Tony kills him. That was a really intense scene. It is really intense. And it's up close and personal. And he chokes the life out of him with the wire. There's a lot about that scene that struck me. But, you know, like, Tony's out for blood. He's excited to kill this guy because he's getting revenge. Um, but then the second that he's dead, it's like both, I think Tony and you as the audience are kind of left with this feeling of like, oh, that doesn't feel good. This is bad. (laughs) And so a fun tidbit, originally HBO objected to having Tony kill Febby. Oh. 
um, because they thought it would make Tony unlikable. Completely missing the point, HBO executives (laughs) of the show, which is that Tony's a murderous psychopath. Um, And David Chase insisted on it. And um, now this is one of the most uh, well-loved episodes of the show. Um, But... I, I think you've got to see this brutality in Tony early and that he does have the capacity yeah. for, for violence and for murder. Yeah. Because he is. He's the Don of the New Jersey Mafia, basically. Like, he's not some bit player. He's he's a real fucking mafioso. So, um, mm-hmm. then Tony uh, leaves there. He goes and picks uh, Meadow back up. Meadow has a lot of questions about the mud on his shoes and the cuts on his hand. And Tony lies again, uh, and Meadow tries to invoke their "we're telling each other the truth" thing and say, hey "God, these fucking lies are bad." Yeah, yeah, they're very bad. It's uh, I had to go back to the restaurant to find my watch because I took it off while I was washing my hand. It's not that bad. But then, uh, what's with the mud on your shoes? Well, I had to go around the back. There were puddles. Why is your hand all cut up? I cut it on a screen door. Uh, very unconvincing. Jesus Christ, they were bad. <laughs> they were so bad. Anyway, so, so she that's, doesn't believe it. Yeah, she doesn't believe it, but what are you going to do? So then they take, Tony takes Meadow to the next school, which I think mm-hmm. is Bowdoin. Okay. They're at yeah. Bowdoin. She's interviewing, and they're sitting, or Tony's sitting in the little lobby as Meadow interviews, and there's a quote from Nathaniel Hawthorne. Mm-hmm. And uh, the quote is something about no is, man yeah. for any considerable period can wear one face to himself and another to the multitude without finally getting bewildered as to which may be the true. That's right. And that's from the Scarlet Letter, uh, according to the Internet. So very um, apt. Yeah. So Tony reads it and then some like underclassman walks by and he's like, just says he's our most famous alumnus. Okay. Yeah, fuck you, kid. No one asked. But yeah, let's unpack that quote a little bit, because I think it does speak to Tony in that moment when he is trying to be both the the ruthless gangster and the good father, um, and he's wearing different faces. Um, It's it's a pretty uh, rote theme um, in fiction, but um, the idea of wearing masks, um, Tony, maybe he wants to go mask off. He's not quite ready yet, but... I don't know. What did you think about that, Benjamin? Yeah, I mean, it. Um, I'll put it, you on the spot. Me, sure, I thought it was kind of like beat you over the head with this. Oh, for sure. It yeah. was a little heavy-handed, for sure. <laughs> uh, for sure, but yeah. I, but I think it works ultimately. Sure, yeah. Why would anyone choose that quote to put up in their school? Why is that the one? Yeah, it is weird. It's not about like the glory of education yeah. or like. Uh, an inquisitive mind is the key to a good future or something like that. It's yeah, like, it's don't be two-faced, you yeah. little bitches. <laughs> so that's basically the end of that arc. Yeah. There's one thing that I want to talk yes. about. Well, maybe I'll put it in the dialectic. Never mind. We'll do it later. Okay. We'll do it live. Fuck it. We'll do it live. We'll <laughs> do it live. So that's one storyline, and I think that's a great storyline. But I think yeah. the real oh. best storyline in this episode is... Our queen, Carmela's storyline with Father Intentola the priest. Oh, baby. So, as uh, I mentioned at the top, Carmela has the flu and she is at home recovering. While she is recovering, 
Father Intentola stops by to pay a visit. And things get a little spicy. Ooh, baby. So Father Intentola rings the doorbell. And uh, she's like, who is it? And he says, it's Father Intentola. I was in the neighborhood. I wanted to stop by. And she's like, oh, give me just a minute. And then she's in all her sick clothes. She's been sick and in bed. She goes and she primps. She brushes her hair. She sprays her face. She puts on this horrific robe. <laughs> she she makes herself look nice for the for the padre, and then she goes and and lets him in. But I think she also she's pretty makeup free face wise. It's a pretty natural face. Yeah. But what do I know? No, she's she's rocking the natural look. Um, and still looking gorgeous. Yeah, looks Edie amazing. Falco, we love you. Uh, oh, and we lost Ben, so this is going to be an edit point. All right, we are back. Sorry about that, folks. We had some technical difficulties. Phone dying of the phone dying variety. We were just talking about how Gorge Edie Falco is, even in her sickened state. Um, but, so, she lets Father Incentola in, and... Uh, Father Intentola has a craving for her baked ziti. Oh. That's the purpose for his ooh, visit. Ooh, ooh, ooh. So he, so she mm. heats him up some of the ziti. She opens a bottle of Chianti for him. They drink a lot of wine in this episode. They drink a whole lot of wine. And then they... Um, Fuck. They, they do not... Uh, so oh. close. In, in the traditional sense, they do not fuck. In the spiritual sense. Oh, they're, yes. <laughs> and in the emotional sense, oh, yeah. they are going at it. So they watch Remains of the Day, which is a movie I've never seen. Me neither. Or any, heard of. Any info about Remains of the Day? I don't know really anything about it. I assume that it's kind of a sexy movie, um, but I don't know. Yes, and Carmela comments on, on the father's uh, impeccable taste in beautiful women uh what's her name emma thompson which yes. i'm you know emma thompson is beautiful but it's you know she acts she's like oh father i didn't know you looked and he's like he says some weird crap <laughs> shit that like is like is it is it not uh, uh the same as taking it uh, is taking in a beautiful woman through the eyes not the Basically, same as taking can, in a sunset like i can look at the menu but i can't order food. right 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 <laughs> just like the shit he says though is so like if it's, you said it differently he'd sound like a fucking serial killer yeah is it not <laughs> wonderful to take in through the eyes the look of a beautiful woman like a sunset he sounds like a maniac. But anyway, <laughs> so they're already getting a little, they're a little flirty. Ooh. Um, and then during the middle of the movie, Carmela just finally breaks and she tells her, turn it off, father, turn it off. Uh, she has to confess and she has to talk about all oh. the evil that, that, that Tony lets in her house, that she has condoned his evil deeds, um, that she lets it go for the sake of convenience and at the risk of her mortal soul. Yeah. And then Father Intentola makes one of the hottest moves one can make and says, mm, why don't you confess? Yes. So they turn back to back. Back to back it, like the Charlie's Angels poster. The, this this is so, uh, there's so much sexual repression that is that is evident in this scene. <laughs> and he puts on his little thing, his purple yep. stole. 
Um, yeah, and blesses it, kisses ready. it. So it's yeah, he has it at the ready. It's official. And he has a kit, a communion kit. He does, yeah. So she she does her confession. She confesses about you know that she's she's uh, been a complicit in Tony's evil deeds by her inaction. Um, and uh, Father Intentola tells her that she has to repent and she has to try to save Tony's soul. Yeah. In order to save her own soul. And then he goes, you know what you should do? You should take communion. Yes. It's the weirdest fucking flirting I've ever seen Yeah, in my it's life. very, very strange. Um, it is but, some good communion administration, too. I mean, it is. Mm, mm. Yes. So he, he delivers communion. It's shot very, very, <laughs> very sexily. Suggestive. It's very suggestively. I'm surprised there were just like wafers thrown at her face. Just like... <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> the money shot. Yes. Uh, of course, it's Catholic communion. So when he blesses the wine, it transubstantiates and becomes the blood of Christ. And so he has to chug he the whole He chugs glass. that shit. Uh, yeah, and uh, he's he's pretty blottoed. Um, he's loosened his collar, uh, even even as early as the confession scene. Yeah, um, he's, he's getting loose. Yeah, he is loose as a goose. And um, then uh, after the communion, they're they're just like sitting there, and he it seems like they are about to kiss. They, I mean, they're they're on the verge, right? And then all of a sudden, he is going to puke. Classic, classic so bait and switch. Classic. But so. before our guy, Father Phil, goes and wretches, he, uh, the household receives a telephone call <laughs> of significant import. Oh, yeah. Good call. Yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah, that's even before all the confession yeah. stuff. That's right, what gets think, Edie in her head. Yeah. So it gets uh, Carmela in her head and in her feelings thinking about all this shit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're right. I, I need to do a better job. <laughs> it's okay. We wanted to get... We, we, wanted we all to wanted to get right. This is, this is, this is us horny <laughs> Sopranos fans. Hashtag horny episode. <laughs> this um, is one of the horniest episodes it, of TV I've ever ooh, seen. It's very, very horny. Um, yes. So Dr. Melfi calls the house. Um, to tell, presumably she also has the flu. We see her in bed. She looks very sick. We're supposed to presume that she's calling to cancel the appointment. The news that Tony's therapist is a woman is news to Carmela, right? She does not know. She thinks it's a man. And so she automatically assumes the worst. Why would he lie about his therapist being a woman? Yeah. And then Carmela is pretty fucking rude to Dr. Melfi, even though Dr. Melfi didn't do anything wrong. <laughs> yeah. She she asks to uh, Melfi asks Carmela to take a message and she's like, uh, let me grab a pencil. Oh wait, I lost it up his fat ass or something like that. <laughs> this is a great line. Uh, and just hangs up the phone and we it, it does cut to Melfi for a reaction shot of her like, huh? <laughs> that was strange. Or that explains a lot. Yeah, and that's that's when she first breaks down and yeah. his father and Tintola, why why does he lie? Why would he say that? Um, and then they start watching the movie. Then in the middle of the movie, she has her full uh, breakthrough, not a breakdown. That's right, breakthrough that's right. of the episode. Um, and there's then, a lot of lot of very intense uh, theological, philosophical issues yeah. that are raised. Um, why do bad things happen to good people? 
why are whores why Carmela does a little bit of uh slut shaming for sure where she goes what why are the whores more likely to get into heaven than the righteous that's not right and it's like well Carmela obviously you uh don't understand yeah she identifies more with the judgment part of, of Catholicism than the forgiveness part yeah mm-hmm. um, which I think which I think is a very um very constant like that that's what separates you know Catholic practice from all the rest I think is you know is, is this idea that oh wait a minute after you accept you know Christ is or the Christian path then you should be saved you know, whereas Catholics are like, man, you got to keep re-upping every day. Take communion. Keep going. Go to confessional. You know, yeah. This has been Ben's Christ Corner. Uh-huh. <laughs> 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 now for Rachel's Epstein minute. <laughs> <laughs> Malcolm Gladwell was on the Lolita Express. Um, yeah. Anyway, yeah. well, he sucks anyway. Um, Blink and you'll miss it. <laughs> uh. I want to talk for a second about Father Intentola as a as a character. Um, first of all, do we think he's hot? Yes or no? Uh, not especially. He looks like a fuckboy. He's, he's cut. I think he's, you think cu- he's circumcised. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, yes, probably. Right? Well, lest we forget, he grew up in uh, a neighborhood in Yonkers where there was a lot of. This actually going. This is something that I said in the first episode. There is a lot of similarity between you know Italian American culture and Jewish American culture, especially if you came from New York. And now I'm like, I feel validated because Father <laughs> Intentola is living proof. He knows Yiddish. He calls himself a Shanda. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, I also noticed so he seems to be a bit younger than Carmela. Oh, yes. And like, he's a young, he's like a young hip kind of a yes, priest, kind of. Yes. He tells her about like, he, he gives her a book on world religions. And he's <laughs> like, don't get into the zany zinnies yeah. talking about Buddhists. Buddhists. <laughs> but he's still, yeah, I, I, the vibe I get from him is he's like a cool hip priest. Yeah. And that makes their relationship, that, that makes it kinkier on a different level, right? Because then it's like this kind of weird... You know, he goes over there for Carmela's food, so she feeds him, she takes care of him. They have dinner and a movie, basically. Yeah. They have a date. Yeah. It's uh, it's very hot. <laughs> I mean, it's let's be honest, it's very hot. And, it is. And he knows that Tony and Meadow are out of town. Yes. He yes. Knows. And, the, and yep. during, during their little movie watching, AJ does call, AJ's at a friend's house, <laughs> and he calls to say he's going to spend the night. And that's when things really get uh, cranked up. Yeah. Because AJ's not going to be there. And mm-hmm. so that's when things take a turn for the steamy. Green light. <laughs> I, so, okay. go ahead. No, I no. was just going to say, I, I'm never going to worry about not being sexy ever again. Like ta- when I'm like t- on a date and I'm like talking <laughs> real cute to my like date. Because Carmela, <laughs> she's like inches away from uh father Intentola's face and they're it's like real hot and she just says like the fucking like worst shit ever in the unhottest way she's like aj's gonna spend the night at the the so-and-so's house and then it's like okay a little sexy moment and then she's like do you know them like and i'm like bitch 
<laughs> Shut up and make no out game. with this priest. What the fuck is wrong with you? And he's still into it. So yeah, she has no game. She's been with Tony since high school, right? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. uh, other than when they were on a break and. Uh, 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 what's his name's Artie's wife got in there. Yeah, Charmaine. 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 So yeah, she has no game. Yeah, um, it, it was painful to watch. And neither does he because he is sworn to celibacy. That's true. Yeah. Um. So he's just sitting there listening. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't matter what she says he's, at that point. He's taking her in through the eyes, <laughs> as he would say, uh-huh. like a creep. Yes, the only straight priest. Yeah, of all the... Oh, my God! All right, we'll get to that. (laughs) Rachel just had a fit. (laughs) That was the... uh... Uh, So, he pukes. It ruins the moment. Carmela catches herself in the mirror and has, like, a reckoning of, like, what the fuck are you doing? When we come back to their story, um, it's the next morning, and he has spent the night there. He's now just in his undershirt. Uh, And, yeah, you're right. He is looking pretty chiseled. In that shirt. Um, but that goatee does not do it for me. Oh, that's fair. It's a, it's a fuckboy goatee if I've ever seen one. Um, mm-hmm. So he so she's real hostile to him now. Mm-hmm. Her mood has totally changed. She's like, fuck you. Um, he's embarrassed yeah. and ashamed. Um, I, I think he doesn't even know whether they did anything or not. I think yeah. he was blackout yeah. drunk. And he's like, we didn't do anything last night. And she's like, no, you, we watched a movie and we ate ZD. What do you have to be like this about? Um, and then they have another moment. Uh-huh. This was good. Yeah. Where she says, of all oh, the yeah, Fanook that, priests. Oh, yeah. Not that part. That part wasn't good. Jesus Christ. Of all the Fanook priests, I had to get the straight one. So a little homophobia. Because uh, those priests are child molesters, not gay. Right. Um, oh, God damn it. Uh, that part was difficult. That, like, really took me out. That was, I, well, we'll get to it. That might be my part of my dialectic. Um, and he, like, pets her face. Yeah. I, so, like you were saying, John, you, in the last episode, you, you were talking about, like, it was a good show writing decision to basically not have, uh, Tony and Junior get into a turf war. Right. I think that the same I could be said of this scene where they choose to, like, let the sexual tension break a little bit. Yes. I think it would have been really easy for them to just continue having this weird, unspoken, Will weird... Will they, won't they? Yeah. Yes. But the fact that they talked about it was, like... I don't know. It was, uh, it broke the tension a little bit, um, and it added a new, like, dimension, and I'm, like, more excited now to see where this goes. Yeah, definitely. And Father Intentola is worried about his car being out front. Oh, yeah. All night. Mm -hmm. I think not just because it might look like he had sex with someone, but, like, he might have had sex with Carmela Soprano. Yeah. Wife of mob Mm -hmm. boss Tony Soprano. Mm -hmm. Uh, Imagine Mm -hmm. the fucking fear. Mm-hmm. Of like, oh no, did I accidentally, not only accidentally blow up my fucking life last night by breaking my vows, but did I also fuck a mob boss wife? Yeah, about that. <laughs> but you didn't, Father Intentola. You did some fuckboy shit and got too drunk and passed out. So what do you all think of Carmela's guilt for... You know, trading in a life of virtue for a life of material 
Mm. I think she's right. I mean, I think it's a good self-analysis, self-crit of her that, like, she has been that way. She did choose the easy life over. And, And that's what Artie's wife tells her, too. Like, I could have had your life. I could have had everything. But I chose a more humble life, a more honest life. And that, to me, is sort of what makes Father Phil... You know what makes his character and the conversation that he has with her while he, he's counseling her. You know, it's it's sort of. You know, of course you're not going to get it, Carmela. Like you've lived your entire life like this. Yeah, you won't understand any of these teachings in the Bible because you have built up this whole life pursuing these ends, and you shouldn't necessarily go out and say well how come these other people get you know salvation and eternal life how come you know why are you why are you comparing yourself to other people to begin with let all these people who who decide to follow that path get what's coming to them and you focus on yourself and be the best version of yourself yeah no i think that's a really good read and i think that's she really struggles with that right like that's her her prime concern at this point in her life is like trying to figure out her place in the world and her place in the afterworld Mm, yeah i yeah i this episode made made me like carmella a lot more than i already did yeah (laughs) i know but yeah like i i respect the shit out of her i think like she seeing her struggle with like being attracted to this hot priest (laughs) and have like even just a tiny bit of self-reflection i was like there's hope for this one yet you know for sure it's nice so then tony comes home and she tells him the best like right away she's like just so you know father and tentola spent the night and we watched a movie and drank wine or whatever his car was out front i just want you to hear it from me and tony's like this is too fucked up for me to even hear (laughs) Like, what am I listening to? And she's like, he gave me communion. <laughs> Tony goes, oh, I bet he gave yeah. me communion. Tony is, rem- just like when Meadow tells him she did meth, he's like remarkably calm, which yeah. actually, now that I think about it, is probably a, a result of him being on Prozac. And the therapy. Yes, yeah. exactly. Well, you know, <laughs> at least the Prozac. At least the Prozac. <laughs> And, you know, to go back to our previous episode where we were talking about the virtues of drinking and driving, you know. Yes. <laughs> like, God, I'm glad they don't even consider the only virtuous act. <laughs> the preferred crime of Kabagopoulos. <laughs> it's a victimless no. crime. No. Okay. I Sometimes. want it known that I do not <laughs> agree with this. What were you saying, Ben? Jesus. <laughs> it was like, you know, built an excuse, you know, for for what's her face for Carmela to be like look you know he, he, he drank some wine he was too drunk you know he slept on the couch I slept you know upstairs it's okay chill if it was Tony in her shoes Tony would have I well fucked Father Intentola <laughs> absolutely but like and not even had a second thought about no. it no and Carmela knows that he has cheated on her oh definitely and the, so you know another reason to like mm-hmm. Carmela she, I've never seen her interact with Tony and her not be the one in control. She is yeah. powerful. She knows exactly what she's what she's doing and how to say something to him and get the reaction she wants. I, yeah, it's amazing. She's That's definitely true. And but she's not in the same way. She's not like Charmaine, Artie's wife, 
who is like, I don't know, I feel like written by men, yeah. clearly to be very, uh, quote unquote, shrill. Yeah. Um, but she's not like that, necessarily. No, yeah. She's very savvy, uh, almost manipulative. Almost, but who, I mean... But I, who isn't, right? Well, and fucking who could blame her? She's right, in a... Right. The, look at that marriage. <laughs> yeah, it's a terrible marriage, so she deserves to get some for herself. Mm-hmm. So the the episode closes with the last exchange between uh, Carmela and Tony about who Dr. Melfi is. Yes. Yes. Uh, oh, that, she's so oh, good. She's so good. She's walking away after telling her about after telling her about Father Intentola and just over the shoulder, behind the back. Oh, by the way, your therapist called Jennifer, and she just walks away. And Tony's like, "Come, no! I just wanted. I I thought you would think it was weird if I saw a woman psychiatrist come." And it's just like, oh, he knows he's fucked. Yeah. He knows he's fucked. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't know. I don't. I mean, like, he, he doesn't know why he's fucked. Right. Obviously, the like. <laughs> he lied. He didn't need to do yeah. that. He's a mess. Tony Soprano is a mess. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, my take on this episode was, you know, it was half Tony, you know, getting shit done the right way. And then just a bunch of unforced errors, you know, like this, you know, he didn't need. He doesn't need to lie to his family no. about about this, that, or the other. It's just, you know, whatever. Uh, that he had a bad episode, I think. Yeah, this. Yeah. Other than his one win, which is killing Febby. Uh, yeah. Otherwise, he takes a big L. Which wasn't. I, I mean, in the long run, it's not a win. And right, there's a little bit of. Boy, do they love that symbolism. There's a lot of good symbolism in this episode. But the last shot, when Tony kills, what's his name? First of all, there's a great shot of him him standing behind the body and above him are the, is the v formation of flags the, yeah at, at the trailer and then uh he stand you know he gets up and he looks up in the sky and there's a v formation of birds flying ducks, or ducks flying ducks, right yes yeah. so you i mean <laughs> they're those fucking ducks again yeah which i you know the ducks seem to pop up when he's particularly stressed about his like lifestyle <laughs> and bad choices. Definitely, yeah. It's a it's a call out for sure to the um, to to the ducks in the pool at the beginning, yeah. and, like his panic attra- attacks being triggered by the ducks. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. but he doesn't have a panic attack. Good for him. Yeah, maybe he's starting to co- come to terms with the fact that he is a murderous sociopath. <laughs> Probably not. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, uh, no. Oh, you think it's going to keep? You think it's going to keep affecting him negatively? I think so. I think at least for the next five seasons. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Is that what the show is about? That's what the show's about, baby. I solved it. We figured it out. No more episodes of Gabagool and Roses. We solved the show. It's about Tony Soprano. <laughs> so, All right. So do we want to do the dialectic? Of course. Every week we do the dialectic, uh, which is a bastardization of what dialectics really is. We choose a thesis, something that we liked, an antithesis, something that we didn't like, and the synthesis, something that we loved in this episode. 
Rachel, do you want to go first? Sure, why not? Um, uh, something that I liked was uh, <laughs> um, there the car chase where yeah. Tony first sees uh, Febby or whatever. It reminded me. I, I mentioned this at the beginning. It reminded me of the car chase in the Righteous Gemstones in the beginning, where yes. uh, Danny McBride yes. is with his wife. I had the same thought. Yeah, actually. go ahead. Yeah, because it's and and it clearly something is going on, um, and the the companion in the car knows that something yes. is going on, and the idiot male <laughs> uh, character is like, "I am." T- I, I can lie my way out of this. Uh, it's, the, it's, it's the same lie. That's why I thought of it is because Danny McBride is like, just doing car pranks. With my old friend. With my, with my friends. This, I know this guy. This is my friend. We're doing car pranks. And and Tony says, just fooling around. Well, he's clearly driving like an idiot asshole. Yeah, I had the same thought. I, I love that you said that. Yeah, it was good. Watch Righteous Gemstones oh, God, is yeah. necessary to listening to this podcast also. In succession. Honestly, HBO should be paying us. Yes, they should be. Oh, I forgot. Yeah, all of the shows are on HBO. Yeah. So, yeah. HBO, come on, Gabagool and Rich. Yeah, it's not television, it's podcasts. <laughs> all right, let me get through this shit. Goddamn. <laughs> uh, the thing I didn't like mm-hmm. was Carmella says to uh, the priest that he... Of course, of course you like to eat. You're a man. Right. Well, I have news for you, Carmella. <laughs> I am not a man, and I also love to eat. And that's a very weird uh, thing that I don't like. I think that's fair. Okay. Carmela has been called out. This is a call out. Carmela, you're canceled. Just kidding. I would never. I would never cancel would Carmela. Never. Um, and then the thing that I love was what we just talked about, that that bird, the, the, the visuals of that scene where he murders the guy. <laughs> and then, you know, him looking up in the ducks. It, it was... Uh, Beautiful moment. Chef's kiss. Wow, Talia, the chef's <laughs> kiss. Benjamin. thing that I liked this episode, uh, I liked AJ bringing his mother breakfast in bed. Uh, <laughs> AJ's shining moment. A fail son moment, if there ever was one. He's yes. supposed to... Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. A, a poached egg. A poached I, don't egg. What, I don't know what the fuck that was. It has a shell on it. <laughs> And so, yeah, I don't know what the fuck he brought her, but it's not going to help her stomach. Uh, but, you know, shout out to, to AJ trying to help, not knowing what the fuck he's doing. Well, she says, like, uh, oh, my eyes were bigger than my stomach, trying to be nice to him. And he's like, after all that work, you're not even going to eat it? And it's like, it sucks. You suck. Yep, just uh, just not trying. Just AJ Soprano. So, uh, so the thing I didn't like in this episode... Um, I, you know, I don't like, I, I don't like how easily ma- uh, manipulated Meadow is, or whatever. I mean, I, it, it seems like she's got a predisposition to just like, just hyper substance abuse. You know, and I mean, this is, this is teenagers generally, but like going straight to, you know, crystal meth, uh, you know, getting just knocked down you know fucked up you know in the middle of whatever bar she's at or whatever i mean i get it like i do that too all the time but (laughs) but still it's like it's like you know anytime meadow gets left alone somewhere she's just completely (laughs) you know fucking smacked out her gourd she's doing all the time she's taking too many shots of 
uh, uh, Tony calls her uh, Quavo and Yeho later. <laughs> yeah. So That's she needs to she needs to uh, chill. Um, but something that I loved was the very simple distillation of Christianity that, <laughs> that Father Phil delivered to Carmela that just went right the fuck over her head. God damn. But Phil did Father Phil. I stand Father Phil. There. Oh, we're breaking into the wow, stands a little right. early. Uh, do you remember okay. uh, enough to say what you, his distillation of Christianity was? If you don't, it's fine. Yeah. I can cut this part out. Yeah, sure. Do you want was, to uh, you know, expound on that a little bit? Sure. So, uh, you know, when he's explaining to Carmela, you know, when she's when she's like, how come, you know, all these other people are going to get into heaven and, you know, you know, horse too. I mean, the idea is, you know, being uh, kind and, and loving and merciful with people and, uh, you know, loving thy neighbor as thyself. It's, it's very simple, very short. He says it's love. That's basically yeah. what it is. And that's, right. that's what it's supposed to be. I mean, obviously, what we see in today in 2020 uh, by a lot of, you know, people who are using Christianity to get where they want to be, to obtain power and to uh, control people, that's obviously a bastardization of Christianity. But, you know, in its simplest, purest form, it's supposed to be about loving one another. I think Father Phil nailed it. And, of course, Carmel is not going to get it. <laughs> right. Uh, she's more into the judgy, the judgment. All right. So I don't stand Carm. There, don't I said it. Oh, I'm not no. Oh, no. Ben is off the oh, podcast. No. <laughs> so uh, send your applications for a new co-host <laughs> to at Essential Consultant. Uh, you'll have to train your replacement, Ben. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Uh, we abide by corporate America rules here at the pod. You have to train your replacement. Uh, and uh, I'll consider this your two weeks notice. Do I get Cobra? Uh, yeah, but it's twice as expensive as normal. Good. Yeah. So. Uh, All right, John, do your dialectic. My dialectic. Something that I uh, liked from this episode. I liked the... Uh, I like the idea of having an episode where we just slow down. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, especially after four pretty quick-moving episodes with lots of storylines that, like, w- we had to figure out how to even talk about. This one is, like, there's two stories, basically. There's a story about Tony and Meadow and story about Carmela and the priest. And I think in terms of a storytelling device, it's a good... It was a, it's a perfect time in this season to hit the brakes a little bit and flesh out our characters. Um, and I thought that was that was really great. Something that I don't like is I don't like the slurs that are used by Tony uh, about the priest. And I don't like Carmela also calling him a fanook, which we have to assume is some sort of Italian slur for gay. Um, so the homophobia is not great. Don't like that. Um, but it is real, I guess, to these characters, but still is bad. And something I love, I love the conversation between Tony and Meadow about, are you in the mafia? It's very good. It feels very real to me. That sort of long car ride with your parents and finally the damn breaks and we're going to talk about some real shit for a second. Like that, that's, that's very real. Yes. And, um. And I thought having that be the moment, and, and this early in the season, too, to establish that Meadow knows, um, 
or this early in the series, I think is is very good. So I loved that aspect of it. All right, so Ben, you already said you stand Father in Tintola in this episode—a <laughs> bewildering I'm, choice. I'm standing the uh, awkward priest who is—he's a good priest. He's a horny priest. Uh, you know, who among us hasn't coveted thy neighbor's wife? Has it uh, taken in a woman with the eyes? Oh God! Uh-huh. So, um, you know he's a—he is but a mortal man, and uh, you know he's trying to do the best he can. But he is uh, good for him. Good for him. Okay, <laughs> Ben firmly on the side of Father Tintola. Rachel, who do you stand in this episode? Um, I stand Anthony Hopkins. <laughs> he was. <laughs> Unfortunately, the best actor in the episode. Yeah, of course. Uh, wow. So, yeah, so he makes a little cameo because they're watching that movie <laughs> with not, Emma Thompson. That's not what a cameo is. <laughs> not, no. Anthony Hopkins is on the TV in I don't the background. Care. He stole the episode. So, for that reason, I have no choice but to stand. All right, we stand <laughs> Anthony Hopkins on The Sopranos. That made me want to watch that movie. Uh, I, I do want to watch that yeah, movie. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. I don't know what's happening with this book, but I, I love it. Remains of the day, folks. Go check it out at your local Blockbuster video. And subscribe to our Patreon to hear us break down Remains of the Day. Yeah, we don't have a Patreon. We should. Yeah, we gotta make a Patreon. we will do that at some point. Venmo John anyway. Yeah, Venmo me uh, at Johnny Awful. Sure, why not? Yeah, no, seriously. Send me fucking money. Yeah. I'll take it. Um, who do you stand? Oh, uh, you know who I stand. <laughs> and I'm not gonna let it go this episode because this is her fucking episode I stand Carmella so hard in this episode. She is so good and pure and righteous. Uh, she is wrong about, like, the whores into heaven stuff. That's not great. She's, yeah. But she's so good. It's Edie awful. Falco is so good. She looks great, even though she's sick. Um, not to not to reduce her to her <laughs> appearance. Uh, she's acting. She's teaching a master class on acting. Yeah. In this, uh, and... You can feel the the tension and the steam coming through the television. It's so good. So I stand Carmella. So, all right. So we have t- Father Intentola and Carmella and bewilderingly Anthony Hopkins, the actor, not the character that he's playing on the movie. No, because the technically he's in the mo- he's in the show as Anthony Hopkins because they're they know they're watching a movie. Right. Yeah. right. Right. I think you should pick someone else. <laughs> Absolutely not. I refuse. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, Ben has just kicked Rachel off the podcast, so I'll be here by myself next week. Uh, Jesus, I hope not, because oh, that folks, weigh in. Oh, you know what we should start doing? What on Twitter? On our Twitter, every time we release an episode, we do a Twitter poll of the three people that we chose Ooh, to stand. I do like that. Yeah, okay. and we see who wins. Definitely, I can't wait to be wrong every week. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right, so yeah, so we'll definitely put that up, uh, and right, we have some we back episodes too, so we can start putting that up already. Yeah, but we can't, we can't like identify which one of us picked whom. Yeah, because 
Because, you know, the part of the allure will be, well, what did, did Ben's dumbass really pick Anthony Hopkins? No, I was thinking we, (laughs) I was thinking they would have listened to the episode already. They got to hear our arguments. Yeah. So the episodes where you're like, I picked this person, no explanation. Sorry, bud. Yeah, so really it's a popularity contest. It is a popularity contest. (laughs) Because our fans are going to listen to the episode and they're going to, they're, they're going to say they stand whoever... Their right. favorite host stands. So, so Stan. So, who do you stand, John, of the hosts? <laughs> wow. Uh, I stand me. I'm the best. Yeah. Just in I general, John. I love all of you very much. But mm-hmm. um, I no. Of course, what? we does it have to be? It doesn't. It doesn't have to be competition. All right, fine. No, we're definitely doing the... Oh, Twitter the poll. Post. Okay. Yeah. We're not saying we stand <laughs> of the other co-hosts. <laughs> we're definitely doing the Twitter poll. Uh-huh. So, remember to follow us at Pod Sopranos and vote in the weekly poll. I think episodes are going to come out on Tuesdays. I think that works best for good me. Good day, so, good day. Or like mo- late Monday nights. So, mm-hmm. on your Tuesday morning commute. You'll get to enjoy mm-hmm. Pod Sopranos if I am able to get things edited in time. Big thank you so to I'll... John for editing the oh, pod. Oh, well, again, I wasn't fishing, but I like what I caught. No, but really genuinely thank you. Oh, well, <laughs> it's, uh, it's a labor of love. Aw. And so uh, shout out to all you guys for listening to us. and Shout out to the listeners. Shout we out. broke 100 listeners <gasps> this last week. We're, we're recording this a few weeks before this will come out. So we're doing pretty well. I'm pretty excited by uh, it's not just our friends that are listening, clearly. Really? So, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, damn. So. Well, bitch, I've got a hundred friends. Uh, <laughs> it is. <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking lie to seem cool on the podcast. Oh. <laughs> oh. So, yeah, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Pod Sopranos. And um, you can DM our, our Twitter account and, uh, and comment and stuff. Why are they DMing us? I don't know. I don't want to invite in people to do that, to, to be honest. My DMs. All right. Don't DM us. You... Just, you know, write to us on Twitter. Write to us. Right. And if you find the book. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> Did you guys realize we forgot to talk about reading the Elder Care book in the strip club? <laughs> oh. Yes. That was in the last episode. Yes. All right, well, all right, quick shout out to the last episode. Uh, yeah, Tony reads the Elder Care book in the strip club. Whatever, let's talk about it now. I can always cut it into the next episode or not. This is funny. This is way better. Let's just keep it here. It's very funny. I mean, there's not much else to say about it other than that's hilarious. Yeah, have you ever read a weird book in an inappropriate place? Oh, almost certainly. <laughs> it seems like that's that's a thing now. Like every episode, there is at least one very funny, obvious, uh, absurd moment in the strip yeah. club where either it's Tony talking to his mo- calling his mom, reading an elder care book. <laughs> it- Tony deals with a lot of his mother issues at the strip club. I huh. think that's a little Freudian. There's. Mm-hmm. There's a lot about this show that you could interpret that way. 
Tony gets Freud as a concept. Oh, we just found out in this episode he went to Seton Hall. Yes. This is not a community A college. semester and a half. Um, but yeah, he it's went to Seton It's a good Seton school. It's a Shout good out school. to Seton Hall. Yeah. I guess. They beat Kentucky before, so fuck Seton Hall. And he loved history. He did love history. He loved Napoleon. Yes, and the Potsdam Conference. And what was that joke? Potsdam, if I know. <laughs> <laughs> Total dad joke. Hey, yay, yay. Woof. So what, <laughs> happens, what happens in the next episode, John? The next episode, we didn't do this in the last episode of the podcast. We're very inconsistent, folks. Uh, but the next episode is called Pax Soprano, episode six of season one. Um, has to do with... Um, we, we are back talking about the mobs, uh, we're back in the mob world, and we're going to be dealing with, uh, Junior becoming the boss, so. Well, we hope you guys are enjoying watching this with us. Uh, yeah, this, this recording session has been a whirlwind. (laughs) We were on one on this one. I really, I hope that, I, I can't, I don't know now, I won't know until I listen, but. I think these episodes are going to be either really good or just very disappointing yeah. to listen to. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I'm worried they're going to be on the disappointing side. Um, but whatever. Um, this is one of the best episodes of the show. So if you weren't entertained by us, you were at least entertained by the show. So Also, fuck you. <laughs> fuck yeah, you. Say, you no, 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 we love you. No, you we little piggies. You. Fuck you. <laughs> We hate you. Oh my god. Nice. Oh, hold on. Because we've now forgotten to do this. <laughs> <laughs> Our comrade told us this like weeks ago, and we've forgotten to put it in the recording. The band Alabama 3. <laughs> uh, yes. That sings the theme song. Very important. Fact. Uh, one of our comrades, shout out to Nate. Uh, Nate pointed out that the band members of Alabama 3 are communists, are also comrades. So check out their music and their shit. Because that rules. That does rule. And interesting choice. Yeah, very interesting choice to pick a, I guess, communist band to sing this song about rampant uh, capitalism. I mean, yeah. So anyway, we have, (laughs) I keep forgetting to mention that, but there we go. Now we've mentioned it. Shout out to Nate. Shout out to Alabama 3. And this has been another week of Gabagool and Roses, the only leftist Sopranos podcast. We are glad that you have joined us this week for a giggle-filled episode. Uh, We'll be back next week with episode six, Pax Soprano. Uh, Until then, I am John. I'm Rachel. (laughs) I'm Ben. Oh, Jesus. (laughs) And until next week, go to therapy, take your meds, and organize for the revolution. I think we can say this is the best. The best leftist podcast. Leftist Sopranos podcast. Yeah, it is the best and only leftist Sopranos podcast. The best. I love you. Love you. Love you. Mask on. Fuck it. Mask on. Mask on. Fuck it. Mask on. Percocet. Miley Percocet. Chase a chick. Never chase a bitch. Two cups. Toast up with the game.
drillin' bitch. Hit the gas, boostin' my yacht drillin' bitch. Percocet, yeah. Molly Percocet, bitch. Percocet, yeah. Molly Percocet, bitch. Rep the set, yeah. Gotta rep the set, gang, Chase a chick, yeah. Never chase a bitch, bitch. Mask on, yeah. Fuck it, mask on, bitch. Mask on, yeah. Fuck it, mask on, bitch. Percocet, yeah. Molly Percocet, bitch. Chase a chick, yeah. Never chase a stereotype and it's offensive and you're the last person I would want to perpetuate it fine there is no mafia